Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and the opportunity to gather. God, just as we mentioned, this is something that we do not take lightly. And right now, in Jesus' name, I ask your blessing over your word. Bring it alive. Give us understanding. Help us to understand the importance of this day and what it means for the church. Father, I ask your blessing. Give us understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so how about this to get started? Can you give your neighbor a high five here? Just give him an high five. I'm glad you're in church. Let him know. As I mentioned, today is Pentecost Sunday. So what is Pentecost Sunday? What does Pentecost Sunday mean? Well, it all originated in the Jewish nation. You see, they celebrate three major holidays, and two of them I'm going to explain. The first one is Passover, and the second one is what I'm told is pronounced as Shavuot. Shavuot. Now, Passover was related to God rescuing the people from Egypt. And Shavuot would become known as the anniversary of God's uh, appearance on Mount Sinai when he would give them the law. Now, later when God instructs them over in the book of Leviticus in chapter 23, he explains to them this holiday. And he tells them about this holiday that you are to offer the first fruits to God. Offer him the fruits. At that same time, the people would read the law, read the Ten Commandments, and they would express their thanksgiving to God. These are the things that would happen, and this is what is explained in Leviticus chapter 23, that they would have these moments, remember what God has done, and remember his faithfulness. Now, between these two events, from Passover to Shavuot, is a period of about 50 days. And what they would do is God told them to wait seven weeks. And then on the next day, so as you know, seven times seven is 49. Come on, somebody. Anyway, still remember them times tables, okay? Seven times seven is 49. And then on the next day, you would offer this to the Lord. And so that's why we have this period of about 50 days. Now, like I said, today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is a Greek word. Why was uh, uh, Shavuot then named Pentecost? Because if you wanted the large masses amount of people to understand anything, you wrote it in Greek. That's why the New Testament of the Bible was originally written in Greek, so that the most amount of people can hear it. And so between Passover, as I mentioned, and Shavuot, or Pentecost, is a period of 50 days. Now, in the Christian faith, we call Passover Good Friday. Why is it called Good Friday? Because on the day that Jesus was crucified was on the Jewish holiday of Passover, the very same day. And so many say, well, why do we call it good? Because he did something amazingly good for us. So from Passover or Good Friday all the way to Shavuot or, or Pentecost is a period of 50 days. Now, are you following me so far with the dates and the times? You got all that, right? We got it. Okay. Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday. After the resurrection of Jesus, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 3 that he spent a period of, between a period of about 40 days talking with disciples, showing them the holes in his hands and his feet and on his side and everything that would took place. And during that period of 40 days on one particular occasion, he gives them this instructions in Luke chapter 24. He tells them this. 
Then he opens their minds so that they can understand the scriptures. This is a big deal. This is why we pray that God would give us understanding because we know that understanding comes from him. The disciples had not known what had taken place and why everything took place. And then as he, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now, what are the scriptures? The scripture is the Old Testament of the Bible. That was the Bible of the time. They didn't have the New Testament. It says this, so, under verse 46, he told them, this is what is written. And again, he's going to quote the Old Testament. This is a quote here from Psalms and from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. He says this, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Verse 48. You are witnesses of these things. This is what Jesus is telling them. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. What the Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. What is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's saying, listen, hold on, wait, it's coming. I have something for you, and you will be clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit's coming. The Holy Spirit's coming. He's going to come, and he's going to intervene, and he's going to be an advocate, and he's going to be a helper, and he's going to come and work in your life. And just as I told you last week, if you want to produce certain fruit and you feel like you're struggling in an area, the Holy Spirit can produce in you what you cannot produce in yourself. Now, like I told you, there was a period about 40 days that Jesus was with them after his resurrection. We see this in Acts 1-3. After he gives them these instructions, he has some time with them. And then he ascends into heaven. And from the time that he ascends into heaven to the actual day of Pentecost, because I told you Pentecost meant 50, and it was 50 days, he spent about 40 days with them. Some people think that it was about 7 to 10 more days before the day of Pentecost. Uh, well, you think, well, it was 50 minus 40, so that was 10. But we can eliminate 10 because if he was, he, he was, he was crucified on on, on the Friday, on Good Friday, we could eliminate a few days. I could take away seven because I just don't think that that's just close enough. And I see like eight or nine days between when, 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 when Pentecost comes. And I like the number eights. And so we're going to go with the number eights. But number eight is the number of new beginnings. It is the number when, when, when something is prevented, pre presented as new, something is about to change. And on this day of Pentecost, everything is about to change. Everything is about to become new. And in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, what were they doing? What would they have been doing on the day of Pentecost? Listen, I want to remind you, we just said it, but in the book of Leviticus chapter 23, it, it taught them to do a few things. It taught them to offer first fruits to God. It, it, it taught them to express their thanksgiving to God. To, when they would gather, they would read the law. They would gather together together. And they, and, and they would come before the Lord. So I can imagine they were doing this. And they also had a ton of visitors. Because all of the Jewish people, they came for Passover, but they also came for Shavuot. 
They also showed up for this time of Pentecost. And so they would come one time. 50 days later, they would come again. Who do you have in the city at this time? You have, you have the Jewish nation that has been dispersed in other countries all around the world. They would have come and traveled. Secondly, you would have had Gentile proselytes, meaning Gentiles who have converted to Judaism, and they would come to worship. And so here's this gathering of all of these people in one city to express their gratitude to God. And so they must have been in that room praying. They must have been in that room waiting, just as Jesus told them to wait because there's power coming. There's power coming. And I know sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait because of God has promised. Where's the promise coming? When is it going to get better? When are things going to change? When, when, when is this situation? When, 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 when is it going to come? If God said it is to be, when is it going to be? I could imagine them in this room and they're missing Jesus. It had just been a little bit over a week and, and he had ascended into heaven. So, so, so they were probably telling stories. They were probably praying and waiting. And in verse 2 it says this, Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You see, what's so beautiful about this is that John the Baptist said, I baptize with water, but one is coming who will baptize with fire. And here is, is the revealing of the Holy Spirit. Here is the, is the presentation of the Holy Spirit. This is the day of Pentecost for Christ followers. This is, you know what this is? This is the birth of the church. The unveiling of the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh as was prophesied by the prophet Joel in chapter 2 and verses 28 and 29. That the Holy Spirit would move amongst us. And this is what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do now in his church now is to move in our lives to move in our church, to equip us, to unite us, to strengthen us so that we might be a church that he can trust, so that we might be individuals where there is the freedom to work in us, where the gifts of the Spirit will flow in your life, where, where the fruit of the, the Spirit will be produced in your life. This is what the Lord is wanting to do, and he sends his Spirit to be poured out upon by all flesh. Now, as this amazing moment is taking place, there's a large commotion in the city. People are hearing all these different tongues being spoken and all of this. A lot of uh, Jewish theologians, they'll, they'll say that there was probably about 50 different languages being spoken. Some people thought, what is this weird stuff? I don't know what all of this is going on. Other people said, oh, I recognize that language. Because remember, there was a dispersion of people who were in other lands and other countries. So they also learned the, the language of the country. And as they came in all into one place, here are these people from all kinds of backgrounds. And some of them are saying, I recognize that language. They're, they're praising God right now. Others are saying, this is crazy. What is going on? These people must be drunk. It is way too early. What have they been sipping on? Something's been taking place over here. This is, this is, the, what, what is this? What is this that's taking place? And so Peter stands up to explain his actions and explain what's going on. Because you can understand from the outside looking in, what is this that's taking place? They, they don't quite understand and Peter tells them about the prophetic word from Joel to explain the moment that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. 
And the, and the prophet Joel, he prophesied this in chapter 2, verses 28 through 29. And afterward, I will pour out my spirits on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. See, on this day of Pentecost, this prophetic word is realized, and it's still happening today. You see, this is my prayer for us. This is my prayer for our next generation, that our young people will prophesy, that the Holy Spirit will come upon them in power, that we will begin to, to see dreams, dreams not just random things, but things from the Lord. And the Lord will speak to you. You will begin to see visions, and it will unite our church, and it will unite the work that he's called us to do. All by the power of his Holy Spirit. But you're going to have to open your heart and your mind to what the Lord has for you. This is what we're talking about in this series. You have to get to know the third person in the Trinity. You might know the Father and his love and the way that he heals. And you might know Jesus and what he's done for you and his sacrifice and the forgiveness of your sins. But who is the third person of the Trinity? Who is the Holy Spirit? And what does he desire to do in your life? What will he produce in your life? What does he want to give you that is specially for you? This is what the scriptures are teaching us. This is what's happening. The Lord is birthing us as a church into a new season, completely led by the Holy Spirits. You see, I never want to be a church that lacks the presence of God. I never want to be a church that's just a social gathering. I never want to be a church that, that up here, it's just about a show. It's, 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 just, it's just about the, the smoke and the lights and the show and, and, and how could we, you know, make it be just super cool. Like, we, we like being cool, but we want it to be about the presence of God. It, 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 it's, it's never about the, 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 the attraction. How can we, it could be, no, we always want it to be about the things of God. This is the direction. This is what the Lord is leading us to. And so as all of this is taking place, Peter continues to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ, what he suffered and their role in it. And I want you to see this here in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 39. It says this. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Someone say cut to the heart. You know what that is? That's conviction. Some people think of conviction as a bad thing. Conviction is a good thing. It means you still have time to repent. It means you still have an opportunity to get right with the Lord. It says, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? In other words, what shall we do about all this information that you shared with us? What should be our next steps? We understand we had a role. We understand we have to own our stuff. But what are our next steps? He tells them this in verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. Someone say, the promise is for me and my children. This is what the Lord has for us. The Holy Spirit working in your life. 
And it says this, and for all who are far off, there is nobody that is too far off, too far gone, too far broken, too far dealing with all kinds of stuff that God cannot work in their life. The mercy and the grace of God is real. It is powerful. As you know, God has set you free. You are not who you used to be. Chains that have held you down are broken in your life. Something has changed. Something is different. You think different. You see different. You hear different. Something has changed. There is nobody that is too far off. There is nobody impossible for God to reach. His hand can extend to places that might seem unimaginable. On this particular day in Scripture, the Bible says that about 3,000 people repented and were baptized on that day. This was the birth of the church. This was the church coming alive. And today we celebrate the birth of the church by the arrival of Holy Spirits. Amen? You see, the Holy Spirit arrived and suddenly became available for every believer. This is why it's so important that you get to know the third person of the Trinity, Holy Spirit. Now, you should know that there are not many requirements to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It really comes down to repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Peter tells him in 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The problem is that many people still want to hold on to areas. Well, 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 well can, I, can, I, can I follow Jesus and take my old way with me? So I got Jesus and my old way, and I'm just trying to walk it out. Can, can, can I still hold on to that, to that lifestyle? And God's like, no. There's no way that you're going to serve two masters. You're going to have to say to my old way, you know what? I'm letting you go. I'm going to follow Jesus. I mean, to the best of your ability, to the best of your ability, you're going to have to let go of what is no good and follow after God. This is what he is saying. He is saying, repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But you cannot hold on and say, well, yeah, me and God, well, me and God are good. And, 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 but are you still holding on to everything? To the best of our ability. See, repent is not just asking for forgiveness. It's choosing to recognize that's my old way. I'm going to let it go and I'm going to walk in God. You know, sometimes we think, well, well, I asked the Lord to forgive me. Yeah, but did anything change in your life? Did you, did you make any conscious decision that you're not going to do that anymore? Well, God, forgive me. Forgive me, God. Yes, I guess, God, I did it. For, forgive me. Yes, but did you make any choices in your heart and your minds? Now, I'm not saying that we don't battle and we don't struggle because this is going to be a battle and you're going to have to fight and struggle. But there is a difference between you fighting the battle and you going through the struggle and you just saying, no, nah, I got Jesus and I got this and we just walking it out together. There's, there's a huge difference between that. Have you ever heard of the phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it too? 
It comes from the idea of wanting to have your beautiful, nice cake completely intact. And at the same time, you want to eat the whole thing at the same time. You, can't, you cannot have it both ways. To the best of your ability, follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized. Now, sometimes when we think about this, we only think about this for unbelievers, people who have not come to faith yet, but at the same time for Christians. At the same time for Christians because you love the Lord. You've been loving the Lord. You've been walking with the Lord. But you might feel like you have a difficult time surrendering an area of your life. You might feel like you're struggling in some areas. And you, and, and you may have failed to realize that there may be a stronghold in your life the way the Bible describes. A dark spiritual force hindering you from doing what you know you should do or know you want to do. Let's call that what that is, demonic spirits. They want to hinder us in our walk, in our journey with the Lord. They want to, don't want to grab us. Now, some part of this is our sin nature, but sometimes it's more than that. Because maybe you got into some stuff that you shouldn't have got into. Maybe you opened a door somewhere. Or maybe there was a door that was opened, and maybe there was a door that you never closed. So what the Bible is clear about is that there is freedom in Jesus Christ. There is freedom. Freedom for every single one of us, no matter what it is you've been through or what you faced or what you entertained, what doors you opened to, to, to the demonic in your life, no matter what it is, there is freedom in Jesus Christ. He can break any chain. He can set you free from anything that you've endured, that you faced, that you've been through, what, what, what has happened in your life. Listen, I want to read a passage to you here in John chapter 14, and it's regarding the Holy Spirit. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. This is before he's going to be crucified. And he's telling them of things that are going to happen, but that they will not quite understand until later on and until he resurrects. And in John chapter 4, 14, excuse me, in verses 15 through 24, he says this in 15. If you love me, could you imagine him looking at you and he's sitting across from the table and he's talking to you. If you love me, if you love me, keep my commands. What are his commands? These are the Ten Commandments. This is the Mosaic Law. This was God's moral law. If you love me, keep my commands. You see, in this human flesh nature, this can be a difficult thing to do. As we've been studying in the book of Romans, we are under this brace, this, this, this umbrella of grace. That he still wants us to do these things. He still wants us to follow his law. But at the same time, he wants you to understand that by his mercy and his grace, he puts you in position so that you can walk these things out. Verse 16, he tells them, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Who's the advocate? This is the Holy Spirit. To help you, what will the Holy Spirit do? Help you and be with you forever. Verse 17. The Spirit of truth. Now I want you to see here the Holy Spirit in Scripture is referenced several different ways. We see the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Christ, Spirit, Advocate, Helper. We see all these different names describing the Holy Spirit. It says this, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Right, just like you cannot see the wind but you can feel it. You can feel the Holy Spirit when he's in your life. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. 
I will come to you. How will he come to us? The Bible says that Jesus ascended into heaven. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says he will come the same way that he left. So how will he? Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. How? Holy Spirit. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father. Right, he's talking about this. And you can see the picture of the Trinity as it's being described. How is Jesus the Father? Because they're God. They're both God together. And you are in me and I am in you. How is Jesus in them? How is Jesus in, in us, Holy Spirit? Whoever has my commands, do you see the requirement? Whoever has my commands, who has the commands? The church. And keeps them, the requirement, is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. How? The Holy Spirit. Verse 22, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. That's the command. My father will love them and we will come to them and we will make our home with them. How will the father and the son come to live inside the Holy Spirit? But there was requirement. Repent and be baptized. There was requirement. Obey his commands. Some people have got to think that, that, that because we're on this, um, under this umbrella of grace that we do not have to obey the commands. But Jesus is very clear. He says, I did not come to condemn the law, but I came to fulfill it. I didn't come to remove it. I came to complete it. Yes, this is God's moral law, and I want you to complete this. I want you to walk in these areas. How will this be accomplished? Holy spirits. Verse 24. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. This is what Jesus tells them as he is preparing for his time where he will come on the cross. He's, he's, he's communicating this to them. He wants them to understand that I'm sending you help. This help will be like a help you could have never imagined. If I'm here with you now and we have to travel over here to the city to go help these people, you could imagine this journey, but I'm sending you a help that can be everywhere all at the same time, all at once. A help that is for individuals. It's a help for you, but it's also a help for you. It's a help for you, and it's a help for you, and it's a help for you on every single day, on your rough day, on your good day. I'm sending you help. The one requirement is that you had to repent and be baptized. The other requirement is that you had to obey the commands of the Lord. He's not throwing out the law. He's asking you to follow it. How can we do it in the sin nature? By the grace of God. This is for the Christian and for the, the non-Christian the non-Christian coming to faith and the Christian recognizing that in my life I cannot try and follow Jesus and hold on my own way and we're going to walk this thing out. You have to let go and trust God. I get it's been in your life for a long time. I get you've been doing it. I get it brings comfort. I get it brings peace. I get you have a lot of... He's asking to let it go. To the best of your ability, turn around and walk away. There might be a fight, there might be a battle, there might be a struggle, there might be all of those things. But to the best of your ability, let it go and walk the other way. Because you can't say, I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and this. We're just carrying it all together. 
want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You want this power that he promised? Repent and be baptized and obey the commands of God. That's it. That's it. I remember one day after learning about the Holy Spirit, I came and I remember I just, I just knelt down and I was just expressing my gratitude to God and I was just worshiping and, and just, just excited in his presence. And suddenly I felt like this, just like this, this great, just like this fire like come over me. And, and I know what God was he, was, he was doing some cleansing in me, some purifying in me, but he was also just uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to just to work in me in such a way. I remember after that moment I came out, I was just like, wow, what did I have? And I was reminded again what I shared with you earlier that John the Baptist said, listen, I'm baptized with water, but one is coming who will baptize with fire. There is power for every believer Every believer, there is power for you. You feel like it's difficult to produce these good things in your life as we look at the fruit of the Spirit, and we'll talk about it more in the coming weeks. But you feel like it's difficult to produce these things, and you feel like you struggle. Allow the Holy Spirit to produce in you what you cannot produce in yourself. To your own willpower, you're going to try your best. To your own discipline, you're going to try your best. But the Holy Spirit can produce in you what you cannot produce in yourself. But you got to be open to what the scripture says, to what the Father has promised. I will, he says, come and make my home in you, the Father in me, Jesus says. How? Holy Spirit, you got to get to know the third person of the Trinity. There is power for you to walk this thing out. There is power for you to stand in front of Satan and tell him to go to hell. There is power for you to walk this thing out in victory. There is power for you to see Satan and his demons coming and saying, not today, get going. Because there is power inside of you. And you will come to fully realize what the scriptures say when it says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. He's here now. You just got to call on him. You just got to call on him. Today we celebrate the birth of the church because the Holy Spirit was poured out. This is what I'm praying. I'm praying for your next generation, our next generation, for us as a church. You see, for the Jewish faith, it's a time to offer the first fruits. It's a time to express gratitude to God. Let's close today by worshiping the Lord. Some of you need to come to a place of repentance today. Let it be so. Let it be a beautiful thing in your life. Today, you might need to come to a place where you say, okay, old way, I'm done. I'm going to 
let it go to the best you just you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna walk away by faith by faith you're going to walk away from it and you're going to turn around and walk in a new direction what does that look like that looks like you coming before the lord and making a covenant and saying god i'm done with that i'm going to trust you i don't know how all the details god but i'm going to trust you He just says, repent and be baptized and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have, others of you, you walk with the Lord, you love the Lord, but there's still something that just on the side, you, you're going to have, you let that go and he'll do it. It's this idea, trust him, allow him to be gone, Tr allow him that, that, that he knows what's best. Trust him, trust him. You will find open arms. You will find a, a father who loves, who wants to bring healing in your life. You will find forgiveness from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you will find a Holy Spirit who will come and find a space inside of you and help you. Help you to produce in you what you cannot produce in yourself. Here's my challenge for you. Here's the challenge. Identify unrepented areas and surrender them to God and seek Holy Spirit. That's it. Church, let's have a time of just worship. Let's spend this next this next minute and just, just worship the Lord. Holy Spirit, yeah. The worship team, can you come? And let's just let's just worship the Lord. Come to the altar before the Lord and let it go. Come, come, come to the space. Our pastors, our leaders, they'll pray with you. But let's come and let's worship. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus, your Son, and by the power of Holy Spirits, the equal member of the Trinity, we ask now that you would continue to work in our midst. Today is a day of celebration. Today is a day of repentance. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day where your spirit is poured out on all flesh. So find us, Father. Find us expressing gratitude. Find us repenting. And saying, I'm letting go. I'm going to walk in you, God, to the best of my ability. So Holy Spirit, move in this place. Move in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.